Hello and welcome to the Homeschool Conversations Africa podcast. Here we discuss homeschooling from the African perspective and the unique challenges that come with it. If you're considering homeschooling, we hope to inspire you as you take this bold step. If you're already a homeschooler, we are here to share encouragement for this wonderful journey we are on to educate our children in the best way we can. We are your hosts, Jifa Andam and Harissa Nete Marvel. Let's dive right into today's conversation. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome again to another episode of Homeschool Conversations Africa. Um, Carissa and I are glad to have you here with us today. Um, we promise it's going to be worth <laughs> worth your while. Um, I'm excited about today's guest. Um, he's a friend, not an old friend, a not so new though. <laughs> friend, he's near and dear to my heart, especially when it comes to homeschooling. But I always say he's the one who, you know, we, we were standing on the edge of the pool at the deep end and he pushed uh, pushed <laughs> our heads in and we fell in and he just stood there for a few <laughs> years watching us <laughs> struggle. <laughs> and now eventually he also yeah, drove he in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um, this is our friend Julius Richardson. He's a gifted classical pianist. Um, he... He taught our children piano for a number of years until we had to move away. We wish we could take him with us. But <laughs> we're glad, we're glad to have him on on our show or is this a show? I don't know what this is. <laughs> on the podcast today. Um Julius, welcome. Thank you. Yes. Thank you guys. Yes. Thank you. So can you can you tell us a a little bit about yourself. So, okay. um, so I've, I've been working with uh, kids uh, in music for the last seven years, mm-hmm. maybe. That's 2014. Mm-hmm. And um, before that, I used to work in banking. Um, but, you know, this journey for me has been more about purpose, you know, mm-hmm. trying to uh, live out what I dreamt when I was a kid. You know, I fell in love with music a long time ago. Um and pretty much, I think for me, I had this sense of, well, you studied all these things and there are not a lot of people around you who understand what's happening here. Why don't you find an avenue? Initially, I was like, oh, maybe I could keep my job because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the cash was really good. And I was like, okay, <laughs> if I can keep that and then do this, this would work. And every time I just realized that work needed 25 hours a day and there was no way I could do it. So I pretty much, you know, kind of took this bold step and said, look, go figure it out. Um, because if I figure it out and I can sustain a living, then that's far better than always dreaming I'll get it done. So anyways, I came into music, initially started as a private practice, but ultimately I knew I needed to get out to, you know, a lot of people and I felt, well, one of the most effective ways is to work with uh, orphanages. So I've, I've had the opportunity to do that with children's homes uh, mm-hmm. because they're not just for orphans, they're for underprivileged children and some of them do have their families. It's just, you know, they're mm-hmm. in stress. Mm-hmm. So I've had the opportunity over the last seven years to work with two uh, children's homes, uh, one Kinder Paradise mm-hmm. in St. Pram Pram and recently the SOS Children's Village in Tema. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have, I, I think, four sites, but yeah, that's 
the scope of the work and the the ultimate target is to build orchestra. Uh, I think in 2019, we had an opportunity to kind of show the community what that looks like. And it was, it was, I mean, I, I was totally blown that. away. That was amazing. Yeah, yeah I was totally blown away. Um, I, I wasn't so well at the time, but there was a whole team, uh, of people who came together to make it happen. But everybody got the sense of where this was headed. And then, Unfortunately, COVID, okay. yeah. you know, kind of hit. But yeah, that's basically what I'm into. Yes, these orchestras are wonderful. It's it's wonderful to see young people play and just to think that they had the potential and, yes. and they just needed somebody to help, yeah. you know, bring it out. Give them, yes. Into the pool. Yes, into the pool. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's what you guys yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yeah. that's that's wonderful. Um, so that's that's a bit about your your background. Now we want to talk about music because this is a homeschooling podcast, and um, I know I think music is an important part of education. But that's that's our main focus for this particular episode: is why why is music important? Why must music be a part of our children's education? Because we realize that if you have schools and mm. things seem tight and they want to cut out programs. Usually music goes at school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sports maybe go to. So can you can you talk to us a bit about why music education is so important? Why why right. should we care about it? I, I I guess it's um what people um define education as. And if you start from there then you know it will help you uh, either decide whether music is important or it's not. So if we start with what's an education, I don't know if if on this show you've already attempted to define what that is. So can I ask you that or shall I try? I can try. Okay. All right. I'm the one being interviewed. Right? So basically, um, if you think of it as something that gives um, whoever is engaging with this, this independence to be able to interrogate, um, this magnificent world we find ourselves in, because there's just so much to discover, right? If you, and, and that would be a romantic side of looking at things where you are keen to discover, understand, um, evolve, question. Um, if that's what an education is, then music has a part to play in it. If an education is, um, a function of survival, which I find is the case for us in these parts, then that's when the budgets decide music has to go out because it's more STEM or STEAM, depending on, you know, um, what the focuses are. And you quickly check out everything that you don't see as um, immediate cash return, right? And so that decision is very easy if that's what an indication is for you. And I dare say that's always the focus. But if you find that you're in a sphere where it's more about trying to understand what you have and trying to see the depths to which, you know, your very existence could be stretched mm-hmm. and how much value you can give to your community, then a music education plays a very essential part. Um, at a very early stage for children, they realize that they can, they have a voice, they can, they can make input. I'll, I'll use an example. A child can't, um, already start to discuss uh, Newtonian physics until he's had probably 
deep time with math and physics. But in music, he can. He can almost, after his first lesson, already start to change what he was given. Sometimes I give kids maybe a small melody and they would decide how it goes. And so this tool, at a very early age, sends subliminally, if you like, to children's thoughts that, hey, hold on, I can, first of all, I can understand it, second of all, I can make a contribution to it. Mm. And yeah, it matters that I discover more. Mm. Now, the other sides of music that people don't see is, for most people today, music uh, engagement is their children with a music teacher. And this is why I do orchestra. That's not the only dimension to it. In fact, the finest dimension to it is this construct of the orchestra. Mm. Where you see life right before you at a very tender age, you learn so many things that are going to be essential in there. If you like successful endeavor in life at a much later stage. Number one, you're going to have to collaborate with each of your musicians. First of all, for yourself, you're going to have to be very good at your instrument. So that's brilliant, right? You're going to have to be really brilliant at your instrument. I use the word brilliant different from the word intelligent, and I'll explain why. Um, So you're going to have to really hone your skill. But then you are very quickly going to discover that you being really brilliant on your own is no good. Because if you're sitting in with the rest, maybe there are like 10 kids playing together in a quartet, um, or let's say a string ensemble, then even though you are really good, if you're playing for an audience, if they're all not equally good, mm-hmm. nobody will hear how great you are. Yeah, and when they hear the sound, they'll be like, oh, you guys do better next time. And it mm-hmm. really hurts. Mm-hmm. So already you're going to have to devise means to kind of carry everybody along. And this happens in most of the programs that I run at the orphanage. So you see children go beyond individual brilliance, trying to help others and mm-hmm. guide. So I'll give it's you an a, example. It's life skills. Yeah, it's a life skills thing. The kids that we teach in the orphanage, we, we teach them in, like, we're, we're working with 20 for now. We started with 10. Apparently, the 10 were teaching the next 10 even before they came into the next class. That's awesome. <laughs> and the reason they did that was so they don't come and mess up their sound, <laughs> right? So you're learning about this important thing about networking, sharing, realizing that your individual brilliance will mean nothing until the entire group makes sense. And that's a subliminal message to live a very successful life. So music education, yes. Um, within a, um, an orchestra, you will see that the part leaders, there's, and then there's ultimately a, a conductor. And you realize that whilst you're all playing, this one person is inspiring everybody to continue in a certain path. That then helps you later on in life to realize that authority, you know, is an important part. And everybody respects this person because he knows that he has to earn their respect first of all. Most conductors earn the respect of the instrumental because they all understand music. They said that this guy transcends just common, you know, um, translations. He makes you see new things within the music and all that. So I dare say that the music education, you know, kind of sets that premise for collaboration and networking and all those other things aside from an academic endeavor. And that's what I'll say. That's a phrase. Yes, we can even talk about the developing discipline to stick with your instrument. I remember right. when we uh, when we interviewed Atwani Akin, she mm. was talking about his son who plays the piano, mm. and he wanted to quit at five years old. And right. then her parents, she didn't let the parents didn't let him yeah. quit. 
yeah, and it's now a wonderful he's musician. just a wonderful yeah. musician. He's developed that he developed he that loved. discipline right. to stick with to stick with it, even though it was tough. I mean, embedded within that interaction with other people in order to get that good sound, it will become clear to you that, look, I'm going to have to, first of all, get my notes going properly. That's going to make you, I mean, if you look at the sheet of music, it's, it's really small lines and all these dots. So already you're having to pay attention to detail. So those are the parts that I don't, you know, talk about because I kind of, think everybody knows this, but let me say them again. Mm-hmm. Most children who spend time, and I'll tell you this about um, Harrow. So I have a, a student in Harrow in London, and um, um, I asked him, look, tell me, why is it a re- requirement for Harrow to have every student at least play an instrument before they come into the school? So, so he went and asked him, he says, oh, it's pretty simple. It already tells us that these children are very disciplined mm-hmm. because music is that course where, I mean, I don't know about you, but in school, I could wait till two, two uh, weeks to the exam and really just mine and do whatever and then write the exam and I'll mm-hmm. easily get a 90, right? <laughs> yeah. You can't do that with music. Mm-hmm. With music, you have to have established a, a discipline of being you know, methodical and kind of being consistent. And so this school decides that it already knows the kind of students it wants and if they already play an instrument, that's a prerequisite for coming to a school. So nobody gets in without a music uh, proficiency. Because it already speaks a lot about your work ethic. Yes. Now, of course, you know that music, we have right and left brain, right? And both are working together at the same time that you're playing an instrument. In fact, they've done all this copious research neurologists looking at the brain whilst people are playing music and they see both lobes of the brain effectively working together whilst the person is playing music. And therefore, in terms of what is happening even within your brain, it's just opening up all these channels. And starting very early, people just realize that people who do that just suddenly, you know, kind of understand other things. Languages are very easy for them. Whatever it is, they kind of understand Mm -hmm. because those neural parts have been open. So yeah, that's without saying that you're already kind of enhancing an academic ability. Mm -hmm. We're ahead of time. I also... I also heard heard someone say about music, um, kids learning music or being educated in music, Mm -hmm. that even for these other subjects that we tend to deem more important, right, in, in our more with lack of understanding, I should say, that they found that the children who are educated, just as Julius, just as you're saying, then end up doing better. They actually perform better when, when they've had this education versus when they don't. And I think it's because right. of all of these things right. that you're seeing. I mean, so, so again, we have to ask ourselves what the outcome of a great education will be. Mm. What, what, what is it for us? And I've made a determination that you could educate a great thief. Mm-hmm. Right? Lupin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Lupin. Fantastic. <laughs> but he's even, he's even like a, if you like a, a Robin Hood, if you yeah, like, because yeah. he's, you know, he has a conscience, like a, yes. right? And morality is, you know, but for me, that's that. It's, it's, if, if I educate a great doctor who spends all his time uh, poking children in Auschwitz, 
right? And killing people. Yeah. Is that it? Is that what it is? Is that what this education is? Yeah. Or if I educate a great um, financial wizard whose job is to crash the financial markets, no. yeah. is that the outcome? Mm-hmm. Okay, music kind of helps everybody realize that we're trying to do something more than just being brilliant. Mm-hmm. We're trying to make this, everything is supposed to be beautiful in yes. the sound that we're yes. creating. Yes. So it it transcends what we do academically. And for most people, oh, I'm getting an education. When we educate everybody, we'll, we'll finally be a good society. No. 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 It's, it's that truth, the yeah. beauty, yeah. and the goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So you, you need all of those aspects yeah. as well. I think this does that. Wow, genius. I have one more question, though. So yeah. a, a lot a lot of us, we have our kids taking piano or maybe violin or mm. guitar. Do you think do you think it's also important to teach them music theory? Right. And why? Right. Um, so there's so many people before us who've had a, an interaction with music. Mm. And music itself is a language. Mm-hmm. Right? Um every musician, I mean I have this video of myself playing with a lady from Hungary and she couldn't speak a word in English. Mm-hmm. And we just kept pointing at each other and doing to each other. And we looked at the music. I kind of understood what she was saying. I want to play this music. Do you have the piano score? And I took the piano score and we played it. Mm-hmm. And when we were done, we had. And she still can't speak a word in English. <laughs> but we're now using sign language and everything. And so it's a language. And people have done a lot of work trying to help everybody have access to this. So music theory helps you understand the work in the past um, and gives you these guidelines that, that help you appreciate what's happening there. But more importantly, helps you if you endeavor to make your own statements too. Now, of course, you don't need to um, script everything out, but once you understand what that frame is, you can then make a contribution, which is also something that music is really keen to see. Um, in the in the early, um, the 1500s, the Baroque era, you weren't even considered a musician if you just came and regurgitated what somebody had written. You were considered a musician if you added something to it. So it looks pretty much like modern, the modern construct jazz. In jazz, the pianists or the instrumentalists must add what their own unique perspective is. And so in the programs that I run, that's also a very important part where I say to the children, I don't, you, you don't think you don't, you know it, but think about it. And so it's encouraging them to speak in their own language. And they can do that when their music theory understanding is essentially enhanced. And then they can speak, you know, in a universal language and a lot of people can appreciate it. The other thing about music theory is, you know, in Ghana, we always complain about music doesn't go too far. I mean, the music out there is seeping right to us. But as soon as they make a score, a, a, a soundtrack or something. It's available. It's written in music and the whole world can download it. Quite aside from downloading the music and maybe paying for your app or iTunes or whatever. People scripted it out. Yeah. And people are also scripting out their own versions and yeah. giving them to different people to play. They, mm-hmm. they derive so much joy 
trying to understand. Or sometimes even saying, well, that was your idea, but I'm extending it. And we do it in that framework. So it's a very essential part to building true understanding of what you're doing. Um, yeah, I hope that, that helps. This is, this yeah. is, this is encouraging stuff. Yeah. And Genius, I, I'd like to know mm. what we can do mm. to make this practical. Mm-hmm. Especially for people who maybe had never even considered this as, in, an, option. as, a, as an option. So mm-hmm. let's say from the young age, what can you do practically to expose your child to music or to mm-hmm. develop that love for? Uh, I mean, first of all, I, I would use my own experience, right? So my dad used to play Tchaikovsky, Mendelssohn, Beethoven, Bach. Every Sunday, it was his, it was his thing. And it wasn't loud all over the house. It's just, he realized, you know, over time that I was always gravitating towards the music. First of all, he enjoyed it. So he was having an interaction with music. So my first advice to any parent is play lots of music. You know, music you really enjoy. You can't fake it. If you don't enjoy it, why do it? And I think what happens then is the children pick their own um, genre, if you like, that they're really interested in. I mean, occasionally some people love everything, right? Um, in Ghana, and I'll talk about Ghana because we have a particular challenge. If you were in London, then you'd have multiple interactions with music. Not only your car radio, not only your stereo at home. You would have the opportunity to go sit in a park and see musicians play. You'd have an opportunity to visit concert halls. Um, or to just go to house concerts and stuff like that. There's just tons of opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, and through that process, children then almost tell you, I want that instrument. And that's an interesting thing because then I ask myself, why did I choose the piano? Why didn't I want any other instrument? So I asked my um, violinists and guitarists and they were like, I was attracted to the song. So children having a reason to play an instrument is a really deep-seated interest themselves. I mean, you can force your kids to play an instrument, but you won't see the spark. For example, I have a student who we started piano he moved to London. He shifted to violin. He dropped violin for, and dropped music for a year. And one day went to, this is the story he tells me, went to a class and saw his classmates playing the guitar. And in three semesters, he's, I mean, I, I showed the video to you mm-hmm. the other day. It, he's doing amazing. And, and he says, yes, I finally get it, but this is my instrument. So I wouldn't say that it was wrong for his parents to have started on piano or whatever. Of course, parents want their kids to have, you know, the breadth of an education and therefore what you have. I mean, I, we come from a different time where I'm sure if I was given a violin, I'll play it even, you know, even if I didn't have a piano. But these days with the sort of access that we have, you've got to kind of expose them to video on these parts through sound. I have students who now want to play their own music and most of them will play contemporary um, church music or, um, you know, music that appeals to them. They want to know that. And sometimes I even seem like a, you know, stifling, you know, block or some stumbling block because I'm stifling their progress. They want to have access to that music and they have so many varied interests. I can't, you know, um, do that. So my, my advice to parents would always be um, loads of music um, around the kids. Um 
I always say to the father, I had a student who once said to me, okay, so the purpose, she's a girl, she's like, okay, so the purpose of all this music education is really pointless. I said, why do you say this? I said, yeah, because mommy doesn't play music. None of her friends play music. Nobody cares about this. Yeah. So we're just basically yeah. wasting our time only to grow up to what pass it on to our kids. What's the point? Yeah. And it got me thinking. I was like, wow, that's the deficiency. Because a society that doesn't model or grown-ups who don't model anything for their kids, mm-hmm. um, it's really hard telling those kids, okay, you are the first seats. Yeah. I mean, I tell the kids in the orphanage, you are the first seats. You're going to be the reason why other people come along. Mm-hmm. And if you see yourselves as disciples or apostles, whatever you want to, then this makes this, a, you know, a mission impossible sort of scenario. It's really important, but I have to reach out any reason to, to keep them going because we're a deficient society. We, we love music. We go to church. We sing, but they don't see us play the instruments and they are like, yeah, I mean, we end up singing in church. Why waste all this? Because it takes hours to master an instrument. Why should I have to waste my time? So I think that for most most people are pragmatic. And I think most people put their children through school because they want them to get a job. Absolutely. To get money. Mm-hmm. And yes, I think people know that developing these skills are good, but in this kind of environment where it's like hustle and struggle, most people just want to be sure that their kids are secure. Mm. So how do we kind of encourage our children to do these things in a way that doesn't they won't I think most people fear that their children will become struggling musicians. Right. And so I, I just want you to speak to that if you can tell us how it can still be like a practical thing right. in, in this day and age. Well I mean there's there's very little you can do about what people intend. Mm. I mean even the subject of homeschool itself. Um I always say this thing that it's like we used to cross a river. And we used to swim across it. And 90% of the people who swim because the water is swelling and it's very dangerous will die. Um, and not reach the other end of the, of this swim. And we fail to understand that there's something more than just that swim. Somebody's put a bridge across that same thing. You can just walk it five minutes and get to the other side. But we are still swimming through this river. We're still caught on what we were told the essence of an education was. So yeah, you're speaking to something very deep-seated and there is very little you can do to change somebody's mindset about what they think. And this is why I asked, when you asked the question about, you know, why is this important in an educational system? I said to you, it depends on what you define education as. And that's something that none of us can do anything about. But I'm very encouraged. Look, Coco Golf. I was watching Coco Golf the other day, tennis uh, lady. I think it was in the Cincinnati Open, and she was playing um, one of the ATP or something before. Almost all the children that you see doing amazing things that make us, you know, we think it's awesome. Let's let's say this. I found that most of them <laughs> were in a homeschool situation. Right, mm-hmm. not just the merely education situation, because the general school system has a totally different plan. Yeah. Most of us don't even understand why it was established. Yeah. If you know that it was meant to support the industrial complex, yeah. yes. mm-hmm. then you understand that okay, fine, 
But if an education means something more to you, which is why you even have that homeschool, you know, mindset, because you want the children to spend time to explore and do expose themselves for what greater good for feathering uh, mankind. And ultimately, those journeys end up somehow um, making even more money. But you see, the interesting thing is that's not your goal. If you watch each of these guys, I mean, Serge Brin, um, what's Sergey Brin, I think, um, Google. His mom homeschooled him, a professor, you know, with him at home, and his math ability shot through the roof. He's the reason for Google today, and he's building glass and doing all kinds of stuff. For them, life doesn't quite end when they make the money. And you see that in education. Once people make money, they've arrived. That was the whole point, right? How do I change somebody's perception about making him inquisitive and making him somebody who continuously searches? I I don't know what I'll I'll do. I don't know what I'll say to them. I'll just say, well, once you become enlightened enough to realize that life is more than just putting bread on the table, you kind of almost, you know, you, you almost have faith that everything will come together. So my own journey is a journey of faith, right? I was telling Jifa about it the other day that, yeah, you need instruments. They cost a ton. We just had a call from a wonderful girl, 14-year-old, who saw our videos online. And all the way from Palo Alto, got her dad to donate $10,000 worth of instruments to kids she's never seen before. I don't know, you know. But she's, she's brave enough and we are brave enough to go on this journey without asking all those questions about survival. It's, the thing is that it's intriguing, it's exciting, and that's why we do. You know, you don't see Ghanaians going on a hike. You see all these um, yeah, people oh, coming definitely. and they want to go discover. <laughs> we have no time to discover and yet we wonder why our society is always at the bottom. Because you are never discovering anything. You are never bringing anything to the table. So if people don't really care about that, it's about, you know, just making a living. Well, you know, you are welcome to continue along that path. But I would say that there's something more exciting and you should have more faith in yourself to see if you can. And that's that's how I'll, uh, I'll sum it up. And so that's one of the wrongs we are trying to write, right? With yeah. our children. Because when, when, when God blesses us with children, they don't come with these preconceived notions. Yeah. They actually come, I think that these things that we are talking about, that's closer to how we were created. Yeah. To be able to enjoy all of this beautiful creation, which includes music and art and all these things that we don't deem so important because they are not going to get us a job. So if we expose our children to these things, then they will not grow up to think in this this way. Mm. We can actually do something about them. And and that's what we are helping to do here. We'll have to wrap up here, but we will continue this conversation in our next episode, so do join us then. Thank you for listening to the Homeschool Conversations Africa podcast.